Do you hear that? What? Exactly. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing but the sounds of the streets. Nothing but the sounds of you and me talking <laughs> in the cars on the bricks of downtown Thomasville, Georgia, through this probably pretty thin glass window. <laughs> it is. A bird flew into it earlier today. Oh, it was my. horrifying. Very loud. Very loud. Um, there's a tree rustling. We actually have, like, front porch noises, which is what I always wanted. Which was, which was the point, right? There's a... That's not a balloon stuck in a tree. Is that the speaker that plays the music? Yeah. Oh. Looks like a big old wasp's nest, it doesn't does. it? Is, oh, is it camouflaged? Yeah. But not camouflaged to actually... Not, like, true camouflage. Yeah, and also, like, not to blend in with that tree. No. Just, like, generic camouflaged colors. Interesting. Well... I saw it and didn't know it was camouflaged, yeah. so I think it might not be doing its job. <laughs> Maybe not. Although, have you ever seen it from down there? No. So, there To you be go. fair, when do I ever come in the front door of the bookshop? <laughs> Rarely, if ever. <laughs> if ever. Uh, so, I don't know. So. This is just us talking about what we can see from, from the office <laughs> yeah. and with our new microphone. I was about to say, do you think people are going to be able to tell? I think they can tell. I'm going to be listening. It sounds... So crisp. I can hear it really in, in my ear. Oh, right. Because I have an earphone in. Super professional. Everything now. is different. Yeah. Everything has changed. Who are we? Who are we? From Parks and Rec when, Who are we? <laughs> when Tom had referred to that great thing. Um, I digress. Bobby Newport. <laughs> I think we're just saying words because we're excited we're about so, it. We're so that we don't even know what to do. Because it's so fun. It's, it's just so, so pretty. Also, full disclosure, we recorded this episode two weeks ago. We did, and, and the, the audio sound quality, quality was, was so, so bad that we are now recording it again. So I think we're a little punch drunk. A little bit. Um, so let's just see what happens. Okay. Welcome to episode 167 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. My name is Chris Jensen, and I am off the grid. And I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. And how beautiful is downtown Thomasville, Georgia? Uh, right now, it's pretty dang beautiful. It's pretty great. Uh, which explains why this is the time of year when Thomasville and Tallahassee really do all of their festivals. True. Like, all of them. Yeah. Um, so Rose Festival, Rose Show, is coming up on April 28th, which mm-hmm. also happens to be Independent Bookstore Day. Okay. Which also happens to be a book signing with our friend Nadia Watts. Yes. So Nadia wrote this really beautiful book called Thomasville in Concert, and it is a book about the history of the Thomasville Entertainment Foundation. Mm-hmm. This was an organization that was familiar to me as somebody who has moved here and lived here for a few years now um but i did not realize the book would really kind of be a more in-depth history of art and culture in thomasville nor did i quite fully understand the rich culture that has always existed in thomasville like it's something i feel like i know about because i live here and um i'm vaguely familiar with it but i guess i just didn't realize how far back it went yeah like the thomasville entertainment foundation kind of got its start right during the Great Depression, so when a lot of other towns were having to forego concerts and 
basically all those extra things mm-hmm. that people couldn't really afford during the depression, a small group of dedicated people in Thomasville decided to like pool their funds and bring artists and bring musicians to Thomasville anyway. And I think that's pretty admirable. Yeah, that's a very interesting story. And pretty, I don't know, pretty Thomasville, yeah, I guess. Also that. <laughs> um, and so Nadia kind of compiled these stories and did a ton of research. And the result is Thomasville in concert, this gorgeous coffee table book that we are selling on the bookshelf website. That's bookshelfthomasville.com. And then the Thomasville entertainment foundation is selling and that's at tefconcerts.com. You'll put a link yeah, in the show notes. Absolutely. But basically if you're going to be in town, April 28th, we would love to see you at independent bookstore day. And I know Nadia would love to chat with you about her book. Um, so if you're in town or in the vicinity of Thomasville, you've got to come by, celebrate Independent Bookstore Day with us, and also celebrate the release of this really gorgeous book that honors art and culture in Thomasville. Um, so the book is called Thomasville in Concert. It's by our friend Nadia Watts, and you can also buy it online, tefconcerts.com or bookshelfthomasville.com. All right, so we have a... I don't know. It's a pretty exciting new thing that we're introducing to the bookshelf yeah. and extending to listeners over on the front porch. Yeah. Um, it's our bookshelf 2018 reading challenge. So Kate had this idea. Um, and can we just pause? I don't know if we've announced this on the podcast yet, but Kate has gotten a job. <laughs> Snaps for Kate. Yeah. Hooray for Kate. Sad for us. And so when I say things like Kate did this, Kate did that, I'm realizing out loud, oh, Kate did all the things. <laughs> Kate, Kate did many Kate things. Kate did a lot of things. Kate was essentially your like one yeah. employee for, yeah. uh, for a while. Kate and, Kate and Ashley. Yeah. If only my name had been Mary, right. that would have been great. But it <laughs> yeah. was. Um, okay, so, so Kate at the beginning of this year suggested that the bookshelf have a reading challenge mm-hmm. because it's something that I think a lot of other book podcasts do. Mm-hmm. I know Modern Mrs. Darcy does one. And I've... I think we did something kind of similar to that. We did something similar a few summers ago with like book bingo. Yeah, which was cute. Yeah, I like that. And so Kate designed this to be a reading challenge with 12 different descriptors and basically with the goal of it being to read a book a month. Right. And a book of a specific genre every month. And I liked this because I like how doable that is. I think a lot of times, I feel like I've had some young moms especially comment to me on Instagram like how do you read so much well first of all it's partly my job yep. and second of all I'm just me like I'm taking care of me and Jordan and sure I have relationships that I'm building but I don't have a child I'm raising right so if you're a young mom reading so many things I think can be daunting or, for sure or if you're a business person or I mean it can be overwhelming no matter kind of where your stage of life is I guess but if you're a young mom if you're a busy active person Reading a book a month is entirely doable, yeah. I think. So Kate set this reading challenge up to be read a book a month and read a book of a specific genre. So a book that's 100 pages, a book that takes place in a country you want to visit. Well, and let's talk about these specific categories. Yeah. Um, so, because I think it starts out in just a really kind of ingenious way to get your momentum going. Yes. The first challenge is read a book shorter than 100 pages. So right off the bat, you're going to have one one and done. Yeah. Basically, which is if you're a goal setter, as I am, I mean, that's key to do. Mm-hmm. They always tell you, like, do the things that you can accomplish most quickly first. That's what time management experts tell you to do. Right. So this first category is a book of less than 100 pages. So one that immediately came to my mind was Heating and Cooling, which I sent out as part of my shelf subscription. And I know not everybody was thrilled about that because it is a short book and you want to make sure you're getting your money's worth. And you did kind of two two short books in a row, right? Yeah. 
and I apologize for that, I but don't. <laughs> you don't, but these are really good books. Yeah. Like I've sent them out cause they were truly my favorite of the month. So heating and cooling is a collection of what the author has termed micro memoirs. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of these things are like a sentence right. and, and that art is totally lost on me. Yeah. Like I think Twitter. That brevity. Yeah. And Twitter, when it was at 140 characters helped with that. I keep forgetting it's 280 now. I think it, I think it shouldn't be. Yeah. Because I think it really challenges you. Yeah. Um, and you have, I'm not talking about like removing commas and things. It like makes you tell a story succinctly. Exactly. And so I think Heating and Cooling does that remarkably well, where she's able to somehow tell an entire story in a sentence. It's, it's mind blowing to me. It's a and, miracle of economy. Yeah. And then the end we start from, which we yeah, both read. We both really loved, um, which is economic in its language in a way that you don't expect. Yeah. Um, because it's so lyrical and so beautiful and in a way that pairs down language to only its essential elements. And yet There's still, not a word wasted in You're right. Book. I think that was one thing we both agreed upon. Like, it, it, there's not a word wasted there. And yet, you're right. I hadn't thought about it. It's still kind of poetic. Yeah. But, but it doesn't feel flowery. Oh, it no. Feel, yeah. And you and I both said it... It certainly falls in the category of novella to me yeah. more than novel, but it yeah, didn't yeah, need yeah. to be a full-blown novel. It's not a very complex plot yeah. by any means, but it's a good oh, story so well told. Good. Um, so that's one that immediately came to my mind. I think Kate maybe mentioned Of Mice and Men if you uh-huh. want to go the classics route. Another way we thought you could go was if you are a parent, read a children's yeah. uh, middle grade novel. Um I, I'm trying to think of one that would fall in that uh, under 100 pages category, but you know, read a Junie B. Jones with your kids or read, read Encyclopedia Brown. I'm dying to go back and read (laughs) Encyclopedia Brown and find out if I like it as much as I used to. Um, the all of a kind family. I loved those books. So I feel like read a book alongside your children and then you'll have this one knocked out. No problem. That'll be easy. Yeah. Um, the second category though is one that would be so hard for me, weirdly, um, a book about history or politics and maybe not if I think about like what I read for work. Yeah, and maybe if you, I was about to say, maybe if you extend the boundaries of that genre. Right. Because um, I'm thinking about it like I have a book by Artist Butterfield right now called The Familiar Enemy that's all about relations between England and France in the Hundred Years' War. That's and history. so, like, that counts, huh? <laughs> that history. And so, I guess what, when I think of like his, historical books and political books, I think of like what we stock in history and politics yeah. and not scholarly history, which right. is what I do professionally. What you do all the time. Right. Uh, <laughs> so you're reading this, this genre. Yeah. <laughs> maybe this isn't hard. You're reading this genre constantly. Uh, this category, I think, in our store is one we have struggled with a little bit ever since Sterling left. Yep. Sterling was like our history politics guy. And we've had to kind of stretch ourselves. And again, this is something Kate, I think, is good at. She's really good at reading a variety of genres. Yep. Um, but I really love Eric Larson's yep. books. Those I, are great. I think they're so good. His book in particular, um, I mean, I really liked, what was the book called? Devil in the White City, mm-hmm. which I know some people think is super slow. And it is slow, but I really did enjoy it when I finished and it. That's kind of the point. Yeah, but Dead Wake, if you're mm-hmm. looking for something a little bit faster paced. And then what was his most recent one? That's, that was it, Dead, uh, Dead Wake. Dead Wake, I thought he had one after. No, the, oh, okay. this one about the Lusitania mm-hmm. is his most recent. I'm waiting, but he does such extended research. It takes right. him a couple years to right. put out another book. But I heard him at Winter Institute or something a few years ago, and he so reminds me weirdly of like an Ernest Hemingway type huh. guy. Like he seems to really live 
in these historical moments. Like he is he is living the research that yeah. he's doing at the time. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I find him to be so intriguing. I like that. There's also a new book out in paperback called Tale of Two Americas, mm-hmm. which I think would be really timely reading. It's a compilation of several dis- different essays, including, I think, one by Ann Patchett, one mm-hmm. by Roxane Gay, um, all about the different pockets of American culture yeah. uh, and American politics. And so... I would really, I would like to read that book. I haven't yeah. yet. Um, but if you're looking for a history politics book to try, I think that would be one. And Kate recommends The Evangelicals, which I yeah. also think would be really interesting. That sounds really interesting. There's another one that's been getting buzzed for a year or more since it came out, but A Colony in a Nation by Chris Hayes. Yes. Um, this seems really relevant to this and to our, our particular political climate um, about little pockets of culture yeah. in the United States. A side note, Killers of the Flower Moon mm-hmm. was like a best-selling book for us. Um, they just announced the Pulitzer winners yesterday, yep. Prairie Fires, mm-hmm. which is about Laura, kind of Ingalls, Laura Wilder. Ingalls Wilder. That would be a great history yep. book to tackle. Um, Hidden Figures, that uh, movie came out last last year, two years ago. Yeah, and um, let me But tell that book you, is so good. I was about to say, adults should be reading that book. And then there's a really mm-hmm. beautiful kids book Young, that's illustrated yeah. um, that is phenomenal. So you could have, you could be reading one and your kids could be reading one. Um, today is also James Comey release day that would suffice for a history politics book so and side note did you know jake tapper wrote a book of fiction that's coming out like a political thriller no i did not know that um i i love him that's Um, interesting so anyway my point being don't think just because you you don't have time to read like the Hamilton biography right. means who that does. You, right means that you don't have time to read a history or political book. You mm-hmm. do, and and they and accessible books in this genre do exist. They absolutely do. So those those would be some good options, I think. Um, another category is a fantasy or a sci-fi book, and I know Kate really recommended The Invisible Library. She recommended these. I don't know if you'll remember this, but Virginia, I do, our yeah. sales rep, really pushed these, and I never read them. And I, I think sometimes if one of our staffers doesn't yeah. read a series or then doesn't read a book, it's to hard sell to them. sell. Well, Kate read them, Good. and she loves them and thinks they're perfect for people like me who are a little sci-fi reticent, mm-hmm. like we're just not sure we want to dive in uh, to the deep end of that genre. Right. And so The Invisible Library does would be an accessible yeah. sci-fi book um you could also look at most of my shelf subscription picks yes um that are sci-fi light i'm not super into like hard sci-fi mm-hmm. um i'm you know not a big fan of of that genre but i like literary fiction that has sci-fi elements to it um, magical realism that kind of stuff and i think we'll count that here yeah what was um, your shelf subscription this month because i thought that would be a good fit. um this month the oracle year by yeah. charles soul yeah um that has like um the, somebody who knows some things about the future there's a precognitive element to it but otherwise that's as sci-fi as it gets yeah um absolutely um most of mine though have that kind of element but you can go hard sci-fi um ted chang has that um short story collection that's been retitled to Arrival um, okay. since the movie came out a couple years ago. Um, one of my favorite go-tos is How to Live Safely in a Science Fictional Universe by Charles Yu. I also really like the book of Strange New Things. Yeah. I'm blanking on the author there, but um, that book is really interesting. Dark Matter Dark is Matter. fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. So those are great. Classics, C.S. Lewis, Tolkien, um, We've mentioned that, what is it? The, the, the Out of the, the Silent, Silent Planet, Planet yeah. and Paralandra. Yeah. Um, those the are Lord totally accessible to All me. those are great. Um, even if you wanted to include, um, 
What's the Madeline Lingle? Wrinkle in oh, Time. Wrinkle, uh, wrinkle in Time would certainly suffice it's, for this category. It's it is, fantasy and sci-fi. Yeah, and it is weird. Yeah, a- and in, in the a best great way. way. Yeah, in the best way. But Absolutely. That's another one you could read alongside your kids. Yeah. And if this is a genre that kind of scares you or intimidates you, don't let it. Yeah. I, like, r- roll with it. The weirdness, it's supposed to feel weird. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what a lot of people stop. They're like, oh, this isn't what I was expecting, and right. then stop. Yeah. But that's no, just the point. Let it take it's supposed you. to push you a little bit. Yeah. Um, which is just interesting. Our next category is a book that's being made into a movie or TV series this year. And so, Wrinkle in Time. Wrinkle in Time. You can double up on that one. Yeah. Annihilation came out a couple months ago. Oh, you know what one. I just saw? Hmm. That I, you, you have to see it. Ready Player One. Oh, yeah. I've thoroughly... Now, look, I full confession, I didn't read the book. I have sure, no intention have to read the book. Um, but I actually think you would probably love the book. Uh, I've heard that for years and haven't yet. And the book, uh, the movie, again, I went into it not having read the book, um, but the movie was truly delightful to mm-hmm. me. And look, so far outside my genre. Yeah. Um, in fact, I think other than something like guardians of the galaxy like i it is so those movies are not my thing but mm-hmm. i went with a, i went with jordan and with a friend of ours and our friend had read the book and he loved the book and so he had was not sure how the movie was going to be but the movie is like steven spielberg classic yeah, absolutely like it just feels like you're watching a classic steven spielberg movie which is a lot of fun yeah so ready player one um would be a fun one um Black Panther. Yes. Um, you could pick up any of the volumes by Tana Hesse Coates or by other authors like Christopher Priest. Um, that's a movie based on books. Um, comic books are books. Um, what's another one? I'm trying to think. We just there's those TV series. So like Handmaid's Tale season two comes out comes in a out couple soon. weeks. Yeah. Um, Big Little Lies Big is Little Lies season two. two. But both of those series, interestingly, are going to completely diverge from the books. At exactly, that point. which is really interesting. It is. I can't wait um, to see how they Little do that. Fires Everywhere will come out next year. Gosh, I'm so excited about um, that. So th- there are plenty of options. Plenty of options. I in many genres. I feel like every time I'm sitting in the theater and I see a preview, I realize, oh, that's a book. Yep. Um, there's even a new book coming, a new movie coming out. I hadn't heard of these books. Um, called like The House. With a clock in the wall. Do you okay. know what I'm talking Mm-mm. about? Uh, in the theater, people were like, oh, yeah, I loved that book. And I was like, oh, oh no. Oh, I, sure. So I, it stars Jack Black. I'm wondering if I just missed it. Like, it's a kid's series uh-huh. that I missed. Um, but anyway, so I feel like when you're sitting in the theater, probably at least one of the previews you see is going to be a book yeah, adaptation. Yeah, probably based I on think. some kind of book, some, some kind of written material. Yeah, absolutely. Um, our next one is a YA book. Again, a genre that people will maybe scoff at, turn their nose up at, maybe just think like, oh, that's not for me. Yeah. But YA, for one thing, isn't a genre. It's a, it's a marketing label. <laughs> yes. Um, and there are many, many different kinds of books that fall under that label. I think that's what's so interesting about young adult. Right. Is you've got, you're right. It's because it's a marketing tool. There is fiction YA, mm-hmm. nonfiction mm-hmm. YA, fantasy YA, romance, romance YA, YA, sci-fi YA, um, comic YA. Yeah. So don't... And we all do this, right? We all read in our comfort zones. And that's why a reading challenge is a good idea. Exactly. Um, But we have recorded a couple of episodes recently, I feel like, where we featured a lot of YA. I've tried to read a little bit more young adult lit than Mm -hmm. I have in the past. Um, And there are some really good... I I do tend to like the romance kind of genre of YA. Like, um, I'm trying to think of some... Far From the Tree is really good. And it is not romance. It is about adoption and Mm -hmm. foster care. YA does a good job of tackling issues 
you know how those classic WB shows mm-hmm. used to do like issue a very special episode yes very yeah. special episodes I feel like a lot of YA does that but better yeah like, absolutely it, it tackles um, the hate you give mm-hmm. all, yeah no black precisely life. yeah Black Lives Matter um, um, what was the more romantic book you read last month that reminded you of Eleanor and Park Oh, Emergency Contact. Yeah. Y'all, it came out, we just got it in. Like, good. I read it as an ARC. The cover's so cute. <laughs> it's so good. Um, so if you're looking for one to buy, like, it's a really pretty book that would look great on your shelf. Um, Emergency Contact. I really loved When Diplomat Rishi. We mm-hmm. did a whole episode about that book. Yep. Um, this it also, Kate says that you can read, like, you can cross a variety of yeah. boundaries. Oh, how, how should I word that? Like, you can read one book for many seconds. Yeah, um, you can double dip. Yes. I think we should limit that to like one book for two sections. But you know? I was gonna say YA yeah. enters uh, movies all the time. And you could do a YA book that is shorter than a hundred pages and also being made into a movie, and that's suddenly three. Yeah, you... And hey, it might also be our next category written by a person of color. Oh yeah, oh okay. So anyway, the YA category I feel like is so easy. You can easily read yeah. a young adult book. No problem. They're yeah. so fast paced too. They're yeah, meant no, to they be are. page turners. Um, because they want to engage a shorter attention span. That's right. Um, but books by people of color so important. So important. Um, read out. Read people who don't look like you. Yeah. That is the takeaway here. Yeah. Um, because we live different embodied experiences, and it's really important to understand how other people live and breathe and move in the world. Yeah, and I have so many thoughts about this. So for me and you, that means reading people of color for for me sometimes it has meant reading books by men yeah. I do not often read books by men um, yeah you read a lot of books by ladies <laughs> yeah and I was sitting at a, an event at Word of South this weekend and I was paying attention to the audience and how the audience was responding to this um, male author mm-hmm. and I thought we're not listening to him because he is male and he sounds a certain way and that's unfortunate yeah. um, so read diversely means you put it exactly right read books by people who look different from you so yep. for us that's people of color um, it's for me it's sometimes men um, I think the hate you give we just mentioned but I also loved though it was extremely hard to read difficult women by mm-hmm. Roxane Gay um, her new memoir I think is supposed to be excellent I haven't tackled hunger. it yet but hunger mm-hmm. um, would be good I loved Americana yep. homegoing the mothers the mothers still is one of my favorites very, very good um, and you could read what's I mean there's fiction, nonfiction, like there's tons. There's this category tons. is this, wide open. This is the broadest of the categories. Um, James McBride wrote The Color of Water, which is a fantastic memoir if you've never tackled it. That's a great backlist mm-hmm. book. Um, Little Fires Everywhere. Little Fires Everywhere. Uh, Emergency Contact. Yeah. Um, this is endless. We could just sit and name things all day. Because the truth is, it's not hard no. to read books by people who it's, look different from it's you. It's not. Because if you're paying attention, they're everywhere. Yes. <laughs> like these books are everywhere. Um, but you might have to be a little bit more purposeful in your yeah. reading. You might have to uh, read outside your typical genre. Which is what the challenge is designed to do. Yeah. Exactly. So our next category is a book set in a country you'd like to visit. Um, we had that weird serendipity a couple months ago where we both read books about Morocco. Yeah. <laughs> so weird Mm -hmm. (laughs) it was so funny I love when reading works that way (laughs) I immediately thought of my brilliant friend because of Italy Um, if you're planning a trip to Italy I have not made my way through that entire uh, is it a quartet or a I don't remember four or five books I have not read the entire series but I've read the first two and have loved each with more more time yeah Yeah. Um, but I think if you're traveling to Italy that's a no-brainer for sure um 
I also, there's a book coming out this spring called You, Me, Everything. And I think it takes place partly in France. And mm-hmm. it's got this gorgeous cover. There's no shortage of books set in Paris. Oh, gosh. Or London. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's true. Um, also, if you're if you're going, it's my dream. I wanted to go on our honeymoon to Prince Edward Island. We got married in November, so it was going to be freezing. <laughs> um, so we did not do that. But if you're going to Canada, I would assume you must at least try Anne of Green Gables or Emily of New Moon. Any of those. Are those Canadian? Yes. I never knew that. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Prince huh. Edward Island. I am, di- like, that is my dream. Ugh, it's my dream trip. It's one of these days. Um, my grandparents went and, like, took pictures and sent uh-huh. me back a photo booth, book and stuff like that. Um, huh. So, I'm Paradigm trying to think. Shift. It's a whole, <laughs> whole different world stunned. that I live in now. <laughs> Wait a minute. Um, I think I would just assume, I've never read those. Um, sure. They were not marketed to me as a young they boy. They were not. You know? No. Um, and so I was just kind of assumed they were the same as like, like Little, Little House on the Prairie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> okay. Totally different. Interesting. Um, gosh, what are some other... You mentioned... So Morocco would be Tangerine. And then what was the book that you read? Uh, the Hospital. Okay. Um, Which would not make you want to go to Morocco, just for the record. <laughs> I'm trying to think of where people in Thomas will typically go. Does this say... What is the category exactly a, a country you'd like to visit a country you'd like to visit oh um if you're headed to australia or you just want these are oh, places yeah. you're going want to go um jane harper has the dry and then she's got another thriller mm-hmm. suspense novel out and my book club loved those so you might want to try those um gosh it, uh, again a- any number any of these number books. Of things i guess i'm just thinking beautiful rooms was so good mm-hmm. summertime is a great time to tackle this particular category because summer to me is all about reading books about where you want to go even uh-huh. if you can't go there mm-hmm. <laughs> even if you're stuck at your job definitely for, for two months it's okay just read something that makes you feel like you're far away <laughs> um or closer to home because our next category is a book set in georgia yeah i think kate really wanted long distance listeners and lovers of the bookshelf to, to feel a kinship yeah, to us and so with us. um book set in georgia i immediately think of to dance with the white dog that was mm-hmm. our one book selection a couple years ago ecology um, of a cracker childhood mm-hmm. is specifically set in this area yeah midnight in the garden of good and evil oh, set in savannah, savannah so good uh classic um uh. There are, there are more. Jocelyn Jackson writes mm-hmm. mostly about Alabama, but she does, if I'm not mistaken, Backseat Saints does take place in Georgia. Um, she just writes about the South really beautifully in general. Um, There's something I read in the last couple of years that was set in Stone Mountain, and now I don't remember what the book was. Um, it was a pretty incidental um, setting, but it was there. Um, I'm sure there are any number of books that have scenes in Atlanta. Oh, yeah. In fact, um, An American Marriage, I think, takes place in Atlanta. Uh, Tiari Jones is from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I read a book called The Reunion by Hannah Petard, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And that book took place in Atlanta. Um, I mean, Southern Lit is a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Kate right now is reading um, The Almost Sisters. Uh-huh. And she's enjoying it, but she did tell me, she was like, sometimes it feels like a little bit much. And I said... 
and that is the South. Yeah. Like, because Jocelyn Jackson actually Sometimes writes... it feels just a little bit much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's totally accurate. Right. Like, I think people who don't live here think, oh, that must be exaggerated. Mm-hmm. Guys, it's not. it's not. It's really not. It's really not. Um, speaking of Word of South, I heard Sean Dietrich, um, who's written some essay collections about, called Sean of the South, mm-hmm. and then I heard Rick Bragg, who's phenomenal, Pulitzer Prize-winning author. But a lot of their books take place in Alabama, um, but I think you might be able to find a couple that take place in Georgia as well. Yeah. So. Um, how about a book of poetry? That's our next category. I think this is a category you and I always come back yeah, to. Yeah, it is because we both realize that it's something we should read more of. And and both, but we both struggle yeah, to do that. Definitely. Um, I still, I mean, I feel like I always tell this anecdote. My brother keeps a copy of Wendell Berry poetry by his mm-hmm. bed and reads a poem every night. Wendell Berry poetry, I think, is very accessible. Yeah. Um, it is. It's it's for a certain spirit. I think people who really have a kinship with. With nature, with the land, with the land, the outdoors, people who are tired of city life yeah. and are just thinking about like there must be more, yeah. there must be something different and better for us. Yeah, um, I love Wendell Berry. Um, there are so many poets. I love Mary Oliver. Mary I think Oliver, we've thought about yeah. this a lot too because it's National Poetry Month. Yeah, and so this has been on the topic, like I think um, Olivia and Kate have been working on in caps. Mm-hmm. Ashley has been working on some events and things. So I think in the store, we've yeah. just been talking about this a lot. Um, Mary Oliver comes to mind. Honestly, I really have loved the collections of poetry that I've been gifted. Um, one of them was compiled by um, Caroline Kennedy. Right. Caroline Kennedy puts together. That's she Walks in Beauty. Yeah, She Walks in Beauty. And then there's a book I think called, um, it's called like the favorite poems of Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis mm. or something like that. And it is a great collection because Caroline has compiled both classic older poems, which I still think are really important mm-hmm. to memorize. Mm-hmm. They're the poems we memorize as kids. Right. Um, I remember quoting at my high school graduation, If by Rudyard Kipling. And I still have lines from that poem floating around yeah, my head. Yeah, and I've got Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, I, I don't know. There's something really special about memorizing poetry yeah, when you're absolutely. younger. Um, and so there's nothing wrong with those classic, like Emily Dickinson poems no, and things those like are that. Great. So Caroline Kennedy has these really great collections that combine older classic poetry, but also some newer, more contemporary poetry. Yeah. Um, Up and coming poet Kava Akbar, we've talked about a lot. Yes. Um, he has a chapbook that came out last year called Portrait of the Alcoholic, and then his first full collection, Calling a Wolf a Wolf. Beautiful. Um, dealing with notions of addiction and faith and what what a person feels like having a body Mm -hmm. and this is one of those things that maybe poetry is better at than prose of like zeroing in on like a very specific thing Mm -hmm. um and being able to extrapolate and talk about that that you might not have thought of but that kind of obsesses the mind of a poet a little bit that they have to write it out have to put words to it i love that it's really beautiful um, anyway, this is another category, like so many of these categories, that I feel like, like sci-fi or like history politics, mm-hmm. they just feel a little uncomfortable yeah. to us. Um, but you don't have to sit in one place and read one book of poetry. No, and you're not supposed to. No. So so pick up a thin volume and read it during a month. Yeah. Um, or, you know, read a couple of poems every month and you'll have finished the book by the end of the year. Yeah. Um, this isn't something that you have to tackle all in one week. And you don't have to pick up a 600 page anthology of, right. of everybody's favorite poems or even like the collected works of one poet. Cause that could get tiring. Gosh, can you remember who is the current poet laureate? Cause I think she is from Georgia. And so that could knock out your book from yeah. Georgia and your poetry book. I'm oh, blanking on her name right now. 
please link to it in the show notes. I, I can't remember her name, and that is a bummer to me. It's not Tracy Smith, is it? I think it is. That's the name I was thinking of. Okay. Um, is it bad form if I just Google that right now? No, you can Google it. This is on-the-spot research. It is. She is. We got yeah. it. Oh, my brain. Yes. Aren't Tracy, you so proud of Tracy your brain? Tracy K. Smith. <laughs> when your brain does And I was like, like I don't want to say it in case I'm wrong, yeah. but that is the name I was thinking okay, of. Okay, good. So we got it. Um, so anyway, don't be scared of poetry is what we're saying. Exactly. And we have a great episode you should link to. We do. Um, I will have that in the show notes. We interviewed Will Farguson and uh, Ruth Bauman, mm-hmm. who are two poets getting their PhDs at Florida State, and they talked about how they started writing poetry, how they started reading poetry, and how to make poetry accessible to the yeah. everyman. Yeah. Um, it's a really... It's a good episode. It's one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, I mean, I think um, we allowed to brag on ourselves. I think we are. Okay. Um, our next category is a graphic novel. Um, we've talked about Black Panther here. Um, comic books, I will include here, they get collected in five to six issue books that people call graphic novels, but are actually just called trade paperbacks. But there is also a genre of literature called the graphic novel that is intended to be you know, one book, yeah. one story. Poor, my poor mom. Uh-huh. I was telling her I was reading graphic novels, and she mm. was like, what? <laughs> like, it occurred to me... It, like, not not graphic in terms of content. Yeah, that if you're outside... that, Like, if you're outside book world, though, there are some terms that are just well, lost on you. And what's weird is, like, the, the, the root there of graphic means written. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, but Joe Schmo doesn't know that. Right, but, but like, <laughs> written book... That's yeah. all books. Yeah. All novels are graphic novels yeah. is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, it doesn't make sense that that's what we call no. comic books because graphic doesn't the mean image. The genre world is so strange yeah. to me, and the labels we've given things are so strange. So let me clarify for people like my mom, this is an easy thing to misunderstand. Graphic novels are comic books, comic books basically. Um, Chris, you were the first person to kind of get me started on these. I had always like put off reading them mm-hmm. but the genre that I love is actually more graphic memoirs yeah graphic memoirs are beautiful you love Lucy Nisley I do I love her so much and I, here's why graphic novels and memoirs are fascinating to me not all the time yeah. but sometimes the authors are also the artists mm-hmm. and I cannot get over the incredible talent of someone who can both put into words what they're experiencing but also draw what they're experiencing yeah. I can't do that to save my life like I, <laughs> I, I, you couldn't pay me to draw like a comic strip of my day right um, but anyway so Lucy Nisley is one of my favorites personally um, and she's got books like French Milk and yeah. um, what was your other Gosh, favorite um, The Attachment was it The Attachment or the oh it begins with an A um, Displacement was one mm-hmm. um, I also really enjoyed and enjoyed is probably the wrong term, but I, I read the graphic memoir by Marissa Moss, who mm-hmm. most uh, listeners I think might recognize from Amelia's Notebook, um, which is a kids a fantastic kids series. But she wrote a memoir about her husband and his ALS. ALS. Oh, it was so difficult That's to read. Last things. Last things. It is remarkable and so beautiful. It's really it's worth your time. I mean, it's yeah. a you need to read it with a box of tissues. A, a sure. similar one is Rosalie Lightning, which is about yeah. a young couple who loses their baby. Yeah. Um, who was like two, I think, at the Gosh. time. So like they, a little older than a baby. Um, You've also recommended Blankets. Blankets, yeah. yep. Uh, Craig Thompson. That's a um, hefty that, one. That's a big one. Yeah, yeah that's a long book. Um, and that's kind of about adolescence Yeah. in a really raw way. I also really love Fun Home. I was going to say Fun Home. So Allison many people Bechdel. are familiar with the musical. So yeah, Tony Award winning musical yeah. now based on this. But there are just, th- those are all kind of dark and heavy. They um, are. But there are also fun ones like Nimona, which is a great one for kids. It's about a teenage girl who is a shapeshifter who apprentices herself to a supervillain. <laughs> and it turns out, like, not everybody is as bad as we think they are. 
the girls, girl, I say girls in particular because that's m- most of who we have sold this particular mm-hmm. book to. Uh, the girls we have sold this to love this love book. Love this book. Um, and that's by um, Noelle Stevenson, who has written a couple other things. She has a series called Lumberjanes. Yeah. Um, that most of those same girls we sold Nimona to, we've also sold Lumberjanes yeah. to, and they love that they came too. came back for more. Um, Roller Girl is another good one for, especially for young for girls. Kids. Yeah. Our last two categories are kind of things that we don't need to list because a book recommended on From the Front Porch. So Easy peasy, guys. Easy. Anything <laughs> we talked about today. <laughs> yeah. Anything we've ever talked about in any episode. I was about to say, it's so easy. We talk about books all the time. Literally every episode. And then our last category is a book from a staffer's shelf. Yeah. So for those of you who are long distance, we do have a shelf in our store. Each of our staffers gets a shelf. With recommendations. And so which did not exist at the bookshelf before um, before I started working here. And to me, that was like something I just absolutely wanted yeah. us to have. Because when I go into bookstores, one of the first places I look is a staff shelf to mm-hmm. find which staffer is me. Yep. Uh, who do I read like? Who do you read like? I think that's so important. Um, so anyway, if you are not local, never fear. We're going to get Ashley to post a picture of our staff shelves, staff shelves to Instagram. But also keep in mind our shelf subscription titles. Mm-hmm. Ashley posts about those at least once a month. Um, um, they are listed on our website. They're listed on our website. So those are books that are recommended every month by each staffer. So you can check that out at the bookshelf website and then stay tuned on Instagram for a picture of our staff shelves. Do we have a hashtag or anything for this? Because I feel like we should. Uh, we should. We should. Um, we'll link to it. Yeah. Uh, Ashley will come up with it. And then I'll have it in the show notes. Yeah, so that you can share what you're reading. Because here's the other thing. Two things. Um, Kate is doing a blog post about these like once a week or once a month. She's doing it pretty pretty regularly. So if you are lost on one of these categories and you don't quite know what to read and maybe our suggestions, maybe you've already read those Mm -hmm. or, or you are looking for something else, Kate is doing a great job of posting about recommendations once every so often to the blog. Mm -hmm. So bookshelfthomasville.com forward slash blog. Um, you can kind of follow along on this reading challenge journey. Secondly, you can also download a PDF of this Mm -hmm. reading challenge. And once you have read a book for every category, once you've completed the challenge, yeah. kind of buried the lead on this (laughs) one. Yeah, once you've filled it out, um, you can send it in um, to contact us at bookshelfthomasville.com. That's Kate's email address. And you get 20% off your online purchase. So, or in-store purchase if you prefer shopping locally. But we will get you that once you send us your completed you can like tag us in a picture mm-hmm. um or you know s- screenshot your or take a picture bring, of your bring thing. a picture of your of your filled out form yeah. in with in with you to the store yeah basically just somehow get us your filled out form and we will give you 20 percent off so isn't that a great incentive and i feel like to challenge yourself you know why else i think and i think this is why we did bookshelf bingo a couple years ago um your kids, if you have kids, your kids are about to have to do summer mm-hmm. reading. And that could easily feel like a chore to them. So why not double up? Instead, why not make it fun? Yeah, make it fun as a family for to be completing this reading challenge. We did have a kid come in last week. And I was so excited because he was our first kid to come in and go, hey, can I do the reading challenge? And I was like, yes, <laughs> yes of course you of can. Course. Um, so anyway, this is for kids and grownups. Summertime is a time when I feel like kids are forced to read, but mm-hmm. let's stop they making feel it feel. Forced, yeah, yeah, let's stop making it feel forced, and instead, like, set it up as just a fun challenge that we're all completing together. Yeah. Um, so I hope you'll follow along with our challenge. Yeah. It's gonna make the summer a really fun time. I think so. 
the bottom of the barrel again. Started out strong, but now we're coming up thin. Oh, we have cast our lots with all the devils of sin. Oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. From the Front Porch is a production of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in Thomasville, Georgia. It's produced by me, Annie Jones, and Chris Jensen, and edited by Chris Jensen. If you're interested in purchasing any of the books we've talked about on today's episode, you can do so at bookshelfthomasville.com forward slash shop. Thank you, as always, to Forlorn Strangers for the use of our theme music. It's called Bottom of the Barrel from their album, Forlorn Strangers. Learn more at forlornstrangers.com. If you'd like to support From the Front Porch on Patreon, which is how we got this brand new microphone, <laughs> and gain access to exclusive bonus content, check us out on patreon.com slash fromthefrontporch. We're about to record some brand new content that we've never done before. Hooray! You can also check out our website at fromthefrontporchpodcast.com for a full back catalog of our show with detailed show notes and links to further reading. This week in the bookshelf, a funny thing happened. So we got in this new bookshelf swag, like t-shirts yeah. and hats and stuff Stickers like that. And, stuff. and one of our hats um, says F-O-X. We're like F hyphen O hyphen X. Like as a, you've got mail reference. Mm-hmm. And it's been wonderful. We've sold a few already and it's been fun. We're going to do pre-orders. So if you're listening to this, we were doing pre-orders for long-distance customers, but it's been fun in store to hear people either get it or not, mm-hmm. which is kind of like the fun of it. Mm-hmm. And it's so, yes. Yeah, so remember that episode of the West? Yes. <laughs> so we have um, we have sold a couple to people who immediately were like, "Oh my gosh, I need this hat!" And then one woman did buy it because she totally understood the reference. Mm-hmm. But then she came back and she was like. I mean, I understand the reference, but I just realized I'm also just walking around with a hat that says Fox. (laughs) And we were like, don't worry, that's part of the fun. (laughs) You will be walking around as a pop culture reference, and you will know, it's an immediate way to know if you've made a friend or not. Like, if they don't get it, not worthy of your friendship. (laughs) I don't know about all that. (laughs) Anyway, I just thought it was funny that she was like, I'm just walking around with Fox on my head. (laughs) That is funny. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week.